so I had to develop a relationship with God and just do this thing they call a faith walk and blindly step each step. I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen, but as long as I got God on my side, then I know it's going to be all right. And I pray, man, if I told y'all how much I prayed every day, y'all probably think I was a freak because I'm like, Lord, I need you right now. I need you right now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I never thought I'd be one of those people because I always made people, I always made fun of people that was like, you know, the people that get up on the stage and they're like, I just want to thank God. And I used to make fun of them. Like, man, they're just saying that. That's a crock, a bull. Like, why do y'all say that for show? But yeah, I'm there now. I'm one of those people. I'm like, thank you, God, for waking me up today. Yeah. That was Amanda Nelson. And this is the Share Podcast. It's time for the Share Recovery Podcast, where we bring you amazing life-changing success stories from addicts and alcoholics all over the world who share their inspiring journey in recovery. And now, here's your host, O. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Share Podcast. Once again, this is one of our guest spotlight interviews in the SRC with Amanda Nelson. And for those of you that remember, Amanda Nelson was episode 58, Making Strangers Smile. Her first time on the Share Podcast aired on March 22nd, 2016, over two years ago. And we are catching up with Amanda today. And for those of you that don't know, the SRC is the Share Recovery Community. It is our paid membership group. It's only $12 a month. And each month we have a guest spotlight. This last month was Amanda Nelson. Coming up on November 1st is our guest spotlight, author spotlight with Amy Dresner, the author of My Fair Junkie. So if you want to know what it's like in the SRC, then listen to this very special guest spotlight with Amanda Nelson. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. Are you looking for a new recovery-related podcast to add to your playlist? then I have great news for you. The SRC has recently launched its first podcast titled The Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In the SRC, the Share Recovery Community, we have some amazing online meetings every single day. And one of those is our Tao Recovery Meeting. In this meeting, one chapter of the Tao Te Ching is discussed every week as to how it relates to recovery. The content is so good, we decided to share this meeting as a podcast. So go to your favorite podcast app and search for the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast to check this podcast out today. Are you ready to take control of your business, family, and personal life? Are you ready to get clear, get focused, and get results now? Are you ready to boost your confidence through the roof? Well, it's time to level up and add passion, fulfillment, and purpose back into your life right now. My name is Omar Pinto, and I am a certified NLP life coach specializing on enhancing your business, family, and personal life, as well as a certified peer-to-peer recovery specialist who specializes in addiction recovery. Let me show you how to create balance, harmony, and success into your life daily. Go to www.omarpinto.com and schedule a free consultation with me today. Today's episode of the Share Podcast is brought to you by the Share Recovery Community. The Share Recovery Community is our new online recovery resource 
that offers online recovery meetings as well as peer-to-peer recovery support and coaching that will enhance your journey in recovery. If you find it difficult to make regular meeting attendance in your area or are unable to find the recovery meetings that fit your needs, then the Share Recovery community is the perfect place for you. And the best part is you can try out the Share Recovery community for the introductory rate of only $1 in the first month. And after that, it's only $12 a month. That once again include live online meetings, peer-to-peer support, and recovery coaching. So for more information about this amazing recovery resource, go to www.thesharepodcast.com, go to the top of the navigation bar, and click on the button that says Share Recovery Community. And join the Share Recovery Community for only $1 today. So how many people here have heard the episode with Amanda Nelson? Which episode was that? That's episode... It's a long time ago. 51 or 52, I think. I don't think I heard that one. Hello, Emily. Hi, sorry, I was on the phone. No, that's all right. We got a wonderful look at your office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it just turned on like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, so anyway, um, Amanda's the author of Patched Wangs. Who's heard of that book? Okay, they haven't heard the episode. Well, at least they've heard the book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they haven't yes. seen the episode. <laughs> All right, good. So anyway, um, last month we had um, we had Anna David. Uh, we went into the miracle morning of addiction recovery. We covered that, and this month is Amanda Nelson. So uh, welcome, Amanda, um, and it's so good to see you. It's so good to see y'all. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, good. So uh, you launched uh, Patched Wings how long ago? Um, hmm. Officially, it came up with the title uh, almost three years ago, but I didn't patch. I didn't launch the website or the book until May of 2017 is when it became official. May of 2017. All right. So one year. Yeah. Okay. A little over a year. Excellent. All right. So why don't you just give us a quick synopsis of what your bottom looked like, right? As you were getting clean and sober, just tell us about that. And then I want you to tell us about the inspiration for the book and and what that was like and what, what your journey was because I know a lot of people dream about writing a book, but it's fucking hard. <laughs> yes. All right. Right, Emily? It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a lot of aspirations, lots of dreams, but it ain't easy, right? Mm-mm. And so especially taking, you know, a, a, a situation in your life where you rock bottom it out and then you're able to make something very beautiful out of it. So, so tell us, tell us that rock bottom moment, you know, in your addiction to qualify you. And then I want to hear all about the book. Yeah, for sure. I think like a lot of people, I had multiple rock bottoms because I'm a little hard headed. I'm sure that y'all can relate to that. Uh, 
So God's like, oh, that didn't work. Let me try some more. That didn't work either. All right, we're just going to break you down all the way. I I didn't discriminate. I'm talking about, like, just take it all from me. I had to just be completely everything taken away. Um, I spent 17 years in addiction. I I started out with alcohol. I ended out up with alcohol and cocaine, but all in the middle was a whole mixture of everything because I didn't discriminate. I loved it all. And um, the last year, probably the last year was whenever it, it just got so bad. My daughter didn't live with me. I had gotten on meth for a year. And that took everything from me. I caught my felony. I embezzled money from my employer. My daughter didn't live with me. I totaled my car. I watched my dog die in front of me. I got evicted. And uh, I wanted to die. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty much it. I just lost everything. Everything I worked so hard for all those years was gone. Nobody would hire me. I was famous in a small town in Mississippi, and didn't nobody want my autograph. Um, <laughs> you know, they weren't asking for my autograph then. They're like, "Uh, no, you need to, you need to go on out of here." So yeah, that's um where I started, and then I moved down to Florida with only two hundred dollars in my pocket. Uh, if y'all read the book, y'all y'all saw that in there. Um, I'm like, shoot, I don't have anything to lose. Like, I've already lost everything, my like, everything. Uh, so I just came down here, and I ended up living on a boat for a little while. And um, I don't know, I just started climbing my way out of the trenches. But I, when I came here, I attracted the same type of people. And it wasn't until, like, that moment I was – faced with the thing that I feared the most. I was alone by myself on the street corner, drunk as Cooter Brown, didn't know how I got there. I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Like you came down here and it was that moment. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. God's like, you're done. You done now? We good? You had enough of this? So that's when I, that's when the book began, but I didn't know the book began at that moment. <laughs> well, that's a good way to start yeah yeah <laughs> i got god bumps yeah <laughs> all right so now you've started you, you you jumped into your journey in recovery and then you started to piece together this book so where did it begin because it took a lot longer it launched in may but it it, it started up in here and in here first and what were those first steps? I had a, I didn't even know I was creating the book whenever I first became sober. I had a, uh, I call it a traumatic experience because my parents did an intervention with me and I spent over 30 days in a jail cell waiting to go to rehab. And then once I got to the rehab, it was like a glorified jail. So I had a, it was traumatic for me. I did not want any part of no rehab. And number two, I didn't even have the money to go to rehab if I wanted to. Um, so I literally figured it out by myself. I didn't want to do the AA thing because they shoved that down my throat in rehab. And I don't, I just, 
Like, I don't want no part of that. And I just didn't really know what to do, but I started listening to personal development, E.T., my homeboy. He became, it's so crazy. God works so, so amazing. He, uh, Eric Thomas, he's a motivational. Does anybody um, here know who Eric Thomas is? Hello. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's he's right up there with he's he's a Tony he's the black Tony Robbins yeah exactly <laughs> he's amazing somehow amazing. God aligned it up to where like he's um I was just on a call with him last night he's actually my pastor now he baptized me and my daughter last Fantastic. year yeah congratulations so, thank you so much <laughs> we I. He helped me get sober, and what I didn't realize was the things on his videos are the principles out of the Bible, but I also had church shoved down my throat so much, Yeah, and I didn't want no part of church then, but he presented it in a way I'm like, oh, I could do that, like, so I just, that's how my my book began, how I got sober is because I listened to him and only him and I'm like okay he was homeless I've been homeless too so if he did ABC okay I'm gonna do ABC yes okay we're getting results and I just he's like write it all down write it all down so I just wrote it all down and then when it came after a year because he was like don't write a book and present it to the world until you've had a little bit of sobriety under your belt because nobody's going to take you seriously. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea because I, I've already, y'all know how it is. Everybody already looks at you all crazy anyway when you've gone through your addiction. And I'm like, shoot, I'm really trying to do things right. So if he says, wait till a year, that's what I'm going to do. And I just went back over my notes and I hooked up with this guy. Um, and he's like, okay, we're going to write your first book. Is You're going to solve one problem with one solution. I'm like, okay, well, addiction's my problem. So, I mean, let's, let's figure this out. And we just reverse engineered it. Okay, what did you do to get to this point? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to hit that year mark. Or it's for whatever reason, it seems like that first year is so hard for people to get because they'll hit a few months and go back. I did it myself. I hit two or three months. You're doing good. And something happened. I'm like, "Mm, just one beer won't hurt. And then one beer turned into two weeks doing meth. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) you know, but that one year is so hard for people. And once I made it there and we reverse engineered it. So the, it's about creating the acronym. The guy that I worked with, he's big on acronyms. I'm like, okay, what can this be? And I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out the title. and What am I going to call this thing? And what am I going to write about? And it was all there. Like, I, everything I did is what I wrote about and that's how I got sober and I called it the connect method because I truly believe that you got to connect your mind your body and your soul to make this thing work and it's not just uh I'm gonna do this one day and that's all I gotta do it no it's every single day I don't freaking like to work out but I do it because it keeps me sober 
And I'll tell you, I do the bare minimum on that, but I still get it done. Um, so, yeah, that's how it was born, just listening to the personal development that I'd never been introduced to and hanging out with people that I never envisioned myself hanging out with and just trying new things. And, and that's how it was born. And I remember when we did our first interview, when we did our interview, and I found it, it's episode 58. It's a, that's, how, that's how far back this was. So we are now on episode 190. Oh, wow. Cher wow. is, now, is now 190, and she was episode 58. And oh. Amanda was one of the first people to reach out to me. I launched my podcast, and it was, I mean, there's no podcast. Like, you launch a podcast, nobody knows who you are. So I would interview all my friends. Hey, you want to be on the podcast? You want to be on the podcast? You want to share your story? Yo, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is it anonymous? You know, I don't, I don't know. So there was a lot of that, but I would just drag all my friends onto the podcast. And after I got to about 30 or 40 episodes, I would start, I started to get some emails and people were like, Hey, can I be on your podcast and share my story? And I just was like, Oh my God. There's people that want to be on the show. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And Amanda was one of those people. And, and, and so, and actually, Amanda was one of those ones that you were a beach body coach at the time. Yeah. So she was this beach body coach and doing these videos, the redneck videos. Are you still doing those redneck videos? Man, I had to stop doing all my videos. Um, it's just too much with school and everything. But I feel like so much has happened since we interviewed because, oh, man, that seems like forever ago. Yep. It was just this. And you know how you know what forever is? Let me tell you how what forever is. March 2016, two years oh, ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Definitely a lot's happened in, in that time. And actually, I have to continue to put my, like, I read my book from time to time. I know that it, that's not cocky or anything, but I'm like, okay, in the beginning, you had a lot going on and you made it through it. So what did you do? So, all right, I go read. Only you need to believe. Okay, get in front of the mirror and give yourself a pep talk right now. Do it right now. Drop everything you're doing. So, yeah, after that interview, I... I got my car repossessed and I became homeless and oh man, I had dirt up under my nails for a long time trying to climb up out of the trenches and now I'm trying to be like, okay, if I did this, so can you because did any of y'all think that this life was going to be easy once you laid down the drugs and alcohol? I didn't get that hard me uh, memo. Somebody did not hand it to me because I thought life was about to be a breeze. <laughs> but no, we got we all, we all got the ass kicking memo. We all got the this is gonna hurt like a mofo. <laughs> I didn't get that one. Nobody <laughs> told me. It starts to hurt fast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. First six months are bitch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if somebody would have told me what I was about to face, I probably wouldn't have got sober. Maybe that's why nobody told me. Holy crap. <laughs> so you were homeless. 
You lost yeah. your car. You were homeless. And what was, the, and then you went to go meet E.T. You went to go meet Eric Thomas. Wow. So where was that? Where was that switch? What happened? Right before I, I got on, man, he's been part of my rock the whole, the whole journey. But right before I had to leave my apartment, y'all, my whole family's in Mississippi. I'm down here with the kid that just a 13 year old, 14 year old at the time. She had been gone with for a whole year and she's moved back in. I'm trying to get sober. Now I done lost our car because I couldn't pay the bills and now we homeless. And my, I pro, I felt like scum in the earth still. I'm like, this is not supposed to be like this. I'm supposed to be getting life back on track. And uh, E.T. told me right before I left the apartment, when I had to leave, he said, and this changed my life because ever since that moment, anything I face that's hard, I remember this. Everything that you go through is not about you. It's because you're going to be able to show compassion to other people on a deeper level because you've experienced that. And just getting outside of myself and thinking about, okay, I don't know who I'm going to be able to help, but if a single mom ever becomes homeless, man, I sure will know how it feels and I'll be able to help her. And that's what kept me going through it. That's the only thing because I felt like a failure and I felt like, man, I've messed up so much in life and I'm actually out here trying to do the right things, trying to put good into the world and trying to make something of myself. And we, when we had to clean out my car for the tow truck, man, oh, oh, I'm like, how am I going to get my daughter to school? Like it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. But when you surround yourself with the right people that actually care about you and they see something in you that you may not see some, see that in yourself at the moment and they're boosting you up and they're like, you can do this. You can do this. You got this. You can do this, man. Put yourself in a, uh, they say, go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated. And when people just love on you and they love you through your hardships, it's everything, man. It's everything. And then I got a job as a server. I'm like, this is going to be fast cash. So I won't be living in the hotel. And it was not no Ritz Carlton. It was like the hotel that the drug dealers go to because that's all that I could afford. Um. <sighs> Then I got a job as a server serving alcohol because I'm like, if I go serve, then I'll have some fast cash. And I did not know I was going to have to be making my own drinks. And Oh, man, my, my head, I mean, like shaking. I can't do this. And then God's like, you can do this. You can do hard things. Come on. You got this. And it's just been uh I'm so thankful for those times because I realized how strong I was. I wouldn't recommend anybody going to serve alcohol when they're trying to get sober. Like that's not my recommendation, but if you have to do it, you're going to realize how strong you are. And then my throughout this whole time I was creating my book and um, my book launched while I was still at the restaurant and I got accepted into Penn State. 
Pence. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. I told them at Penn State I had a mini inter what's it called? A interrogation there. Yeah. They I had like interrogation. a you had, you had an interrogation. Intervention. No, interrogation. Like they were at Penn Interrogating State. Interrogating you. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. A soft one. They're like, so because I, I my first semester I wrote about my story, I entered this writing contest and I won. And I'm like, I won a writing contest at Penn State? Wow, this is crazy. I tell them there, though, that the world voted me most likely to go to the state pen. And now I'm at Penn State. And um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, they interrogate. And I can't say that word, man. Interrogated. Yes, they did that thing. And um, I thought they was going to kick me out of school because of my past, because I wrote it. I'm so transparent with my story everywhere I go. I'm just like, I, it didn't even cross my mind that having a felony and trying to go to Penn State was an issue. Like, I didn't know. Um, so I found out, though. <laughs> you know, but they allowed me to stay in. And so that was cool. I'm still there. And they let me be a student leader there, which is just crazy. You just don't ever know what you couldn't have told me whenever I was trying to get sober three years ago when I started this journey that I would be where I'm at. And I'm like, you just don't know what doors are just waiting to open up for you. Like, each one of y'all on here has got a book in you and you may be on the number one bestseller New York thing and go speak with Joel Osteen or something like you just don't know. You don't know what God's got for you, <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you joined us. Oh my God. Like this is, this is it, man. You know, for, for people that are listening and you just don't have faith in the process, don't have faith in recovery, don't have faith in surrounding yourself with the right people, you are so wrong. Because when you see someone who has was kicked out of their apartment, loses their car, homeless, serving drinks, trying to stay sober, writing a book, and then gets accepted to Penn State with a felony, you got to believe that miracles happen. <laughs> you got to. Like, you got to believe that miracles yeah. happen. <laughs> they do. They do. And you know what's crazy about the restaurant? And, and this is how it all works out. If you just trust the process, like O just said, I got out of the restaurant and I started working at a treatment center, but I was working nights, so I didn't. Um, I learned a lot there. But I also learned that that particular environment is not exactly what I want to do for a living, but it served its purpose, and I learned a lot there. Um, but I was working nights, and I just found out uh, just last week that the restaurant I was working for closed down like a month or two right after I left. It's, it's so cool to go back and connect the dots. Because it's all lined up for you. All you got to do is get in alignment. 
And that treatment center job was just a temporary place because I went back into the mortgage business that I had spent 10, 11 years in, and I thought that door was closed. I thought that um, I had burned all my bridges because of my addiction, and it opened back up. So the restaurant was about to close, and the universe, God, however you want to look at it, knew that. and was like, oh, we got to pull her out of there. Let's put her at the treatment center. She's got a little bit to learn there. While we wait on this other job that doubled my salary. So um, that's what I like to talk about, about how you can be successful in sobriety because people think you can't and you, you're supposed to live a boring life and like nothing good ever happens to you because you laid all the drugs and alcohol down. And that's bull crap. <laughs> that's, I mean, if you have faith and you just get in that alignment and know what your purpose is for that day, you don't have to know what it is for the rest of your life. Just wake up and say, okay, just, just for today, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to make a stranger smile? Am I supposed to be working on my book? Am I supposed to be, um, I don't know, trying to build this business? I don't know whatever it is, but Every single day, ask yourself that. And eventually, you're going to have that brick wall built up. You're going to have your empire, whatever that look, whatever your empire looks like. If you got a house full of cheerings, if you're a mama and that's, that's your empire, that's beautiful. Um, there's so many different empires to build, and each one of us has a different one. That's the beauty of it. Hey, speaking of empires, what, is that your apartment? It's my house. It's my house. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Two years. Yeah. When did you, you get the house? Two years ago. August in 2016. Huh? So you did. How long were you homeless? A couple months. See, it ain't that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you in it, though, it seems no, like no, no, no. I'm trying. You you think it's gonna last forever? Oh yeah. You think it's gonna last forever, and those are the moments where if you lose faith, if you lose faith, this within a few months, you got your home. And, and so, my car's out in the driveway, and no. I just paid that sucker off. The one that they took away from me, I just paid that sucker off. I was like. Boom, take that. Try oh. to take my stuff away from me. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, who's, got, who's got questions for Amanda? Um, I do have one, but I don't know if it's kind of off topic or not. But um, Amanda, I was wondering um, why you had, I know, don't know personally, but listen to EC, and that's a lot how I entered into recovery was through my own self-development and just immersing myself and it, I was wondering why you mentioned Joel Olstein. I fall asleep to, to him. I like him. I personally, I grew up in the church. My dad was a minister of music. And I, I read the Bible and I, I do, I like it relatable. I don't like somebody pushing doctrine down my throat. Joel is relatable. 
ET is relatable to me and uh-huh. where it's just hit me in the heart and I can comprehend it. I don't want somebody reading the King James version, beating it over my head. That's not how I learn it. Right. So I let me and Joel, we have a date every single night. I fall asleep to him because I like goodness in my, my head while I'm falling asleep. Well, that's great. I, I was asking also because I actually saw him this past Sunday, what you're saying about religion and everything I'm struggling with. Um, I've been born and raised Catholic all my life and also born here in Houston. I was born here in Houston at St. At St. Joseph's Hospital downtown and I've been raised Catholic all my life and through recovery have gotten extremely involved in my Catholic church and I'm really questioning that. So this past Sunday, I went and made a visit to Lakewood Church. You did? In Houston. I sure did. That's so cool. Yeah. So, um, and they made a really big deal about it. And actually, I even told one of the gals, I said, you know, um, I'm actually Catholic and I'm here. And they're like, oh, no, it's okay. Whenever the camera comes near you, just turn your head. But yeah, we're going to put you down on the floor in the very front. And I'm like uh i really i don't really know if i want that but yeah i i sat right down there and everything and fortunately or i don't know unfortunately whichever the camera didn't pass by but i don't know you may see me i don't know i haven't watched the replay of it but yeah, did you so love it i really honestly did i even told our angel girlies my our two daughters the little one is turning 21 and the oldest is 22 and I, the same thing, beat Catholicism over their heads and everything. And um, so I told them where mommy was at and they were like, you did? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, when uh, I may be taking them there with me as well. So I'm kind of feeling everything out, but that's I'm, gl- so I'm, awesome. glad to, I'm glad to hear you say that. And yeah, E.T. is phenomenal. So that's great. Yeah. That's my dude. You know, Joel talks a lot. He in his sermons he mentions addiction a lot, and uh-huh. I think I resonated with that because he touches on it. So uh, I don't know if he's personally experienced it in his family or whatever, but he specifically mentions addiction, where a lot of people are like, you know, it's taboo, right? Yeah. Right. Now, well, thank you for being here. It's nice seeing you, and appreciate your book. I'm gonna have to get it and read it. Yes, girl. I appreciate you. Thank you. Will's got a question. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great, Emily. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm very good. My dog is being like a crazy person, so I'm like having a hard time concentrating. If I look (laughs) distracted, it's just because he's like, hey, it's a little late. Why aren't you just giving me all of uh, your attention? Um, so I'm curious what, uh, what you're going to do next. Are you going to write another book? Are you going to, have you been traveling and speaking and are you, how, how are you, uh, spreading the message and how can, uh, how can I help you spread the message? I love it. So I, I've been, I was doing videos as o asked me earlier, um, just posting videos on YouTube and Instagram, but I've really pulled back from that. Um, Right now I'm in school and I work full time and I'm trying to build a relationship back up with my daughter, but I don't know who's in the St. Pete area, St. Petersburg, Florida, but Austin and Lara 
Austin Cooper and Lair Frazier are having this big sober experience event, and that's my next speaking opportunity there. Um, I've been just handing my books out. One of my books is going uh, to a treatment center here locally. It just got approved, and, you know, straight addict mode, right, because I want to do everything, and for a while I was trying to do everything, (laughs) and I just really – I couldn't. I just had to pull back. So I don't really have anything lined up next. I do have another book in me. Um, I'm going to take my time with it because I think that's going to be how to rebuild a relationship with a teenager. Uh, Wow, that would be great. Mm -hmm. It's super hard. It's super hard. so, yeah, that's probably going to take a couple years because we still got a couple more years experience to go through. What yeah, can I do to help you? Uh, well, um, thank you for asking, but I don't know. Join us when I when, uh, when we read my book in December. That would be awesome. Yeah, 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 for sure. My, uh, my son was a teenager when I got clean, too, so I really relate to that. He's 27 now. And he just kind of started his healing journey, too. It's been really amazing to watch. He kind of spent 10 years going out into the world and, you know, figuring things out, being pissed off, but um, but way more functional than I was. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's tough. It's, um, I know it takes a lot of time and space, and I know it's going to make a big difference in her life and in yours. I'm praying. Thank you for that encouragement. We'll hook up offline. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm curious um, now. I I just thought about it, and I'm curious, um, thinking about you just got your daughter back, and your car's getting repoed, and you're getting evicted, and what is she – how old? She was 13 at the time? She was – had just turned 14. 14 years, 13, 14, same nightmare. So <laughs> what was, you know, they're t- it's tough enough. My daughter at 13 years old, I don't even know. She, she would, because I'm, I'm, I get her every other weekend. So as soon as she turned 13, this other person showed up. You know what I mean? I don't know who she was. She looked a yeah. lot like my daughter. <laughs> no, you know, I, I don't Sounded differently, talked differently, don't know who it was, evasion of the body snatchers. And she has everything, okay, like, a, like this beautiful life. So now I've got a daughter, chaos is in my life. And, you know, what was that like back then? I think it was harder on me in that moment because she was still suppressing everything. Uh, I think she just wanted to be around me so much because she had missed a lot. Like she didn't really, of course she didn't want to live in the hotel and she didn't want to have to walk places and she didn't want to have to jump on the back of the bike that she got embarrassed about it. Um, But she really took it like a soldier, man. She held me together. Um, So it's, it's not been until recently this year, probably in the last six or eight months where hers is starting to spew out. Um, man, it's like that 
shaking can of Coke. Like she just, she held it down for so long and now it's just like, I'm like, Oh, that hurt. But she did. She, she was a little soldier then. And, and, and how is she now? How is she today? Today was beautiful. Uh, we're, we're taking it day by day and some days it's moment by moment. Um, just for today, it was beautiful. So we're trying to come to one accord, and we started doing this real estate business. We're trying to build that up, and she's interested in it, and it's something. That's one of the Yay. reasons I pulled back from doing my videos. I'm like, okay, I can either decide how to justify it in my mind. I can either make my house happy. It's just me and my daughter or try to save the world. And I only have two more years with her. She's a junior. She'll be going off to college soon and I can save the world later. Like my, my passion wants to go help all the addicts and help everybody see that they can have an amazing life. That's what I really want to do. But what I've been called to do right now is help my daughter heal. Amen, so, sister. amen sister amen i love it yeah they have to come first man they have yeah. to come first you cannot save everybody but you can save the person in front of you mm. yep save the person in front of you that's it that's all you got to do save the person in front of you you know and i know what it's like i'm fortunate you know i can do the the podcast um I got my daughter every other week. I don't even claim to even know what it's like to be a single mom. I have so much respect for mothers, especially single moms, um, in my ex-wife who, who had to raise our daughter, you know, uh, by herself for a while. Cause I was getting, getting sober, getting sober, you know? Um, but the beautiful thing is that, you know, today we have an amazing relationship. Like, she has, she's, she's come back to me. Thank God. Like she was 13. And it was like, Oh my God, who is this person? Right. Uh, and now she's 15. And it's kind of started to shift, but I will tell you this much. I will tell you this much, what she has learned, what your daughter has learned and her, she's got to be what? 16 now, 15, mm-hmm. 16, 16, 16. Yep. In her 16 years, she is a warrior Viking. There ain't shit she can't go through. Oh, I'm trying to tell you. That's why I keep telling her all the time. I'm like, girl, you are going to help so many people yeah. once mm-hmm. you get to um, the space. She's like, I don't want to help nobody. That's where she's at right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, that was a great impersonation, too. That was a very good impersonation. <laughs> yeah. She, that's what uh, you do. That's what you do. I don't do that. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's, I hear you. But later on, a few years down the road, we'll be at this space. You'll be like, mom, oh my gosh, I talked to this person and blah, blah, blah. Like I already see it. She doesn't see it, but I see it. And she'll be able to help other daughters that have gone through their mom with addiction and um yeah so i like you i just said that word the other day 
too shift. I've seen a shift in her the last week or two. And though it's not a huge shift, it is a shift. And I'm grateful for the little shift that we got, man. All right. Who's else got a question? Y'all don't be shy. <laughs> um, I don't have a question, but I just have something to say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hi. Hey, girl. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for um, sharing with us. Um, I'm hearing you, and all that, all that comes to my mind is like, you are an inspirational firecracker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. And what really um, resonated with me was hearing how, when you look back two years ago, three years ago, whatever, and connecting the dots because that's sort of kind of where I'm at right now is I'm seeing like at the time when I feel like two years ago I was in my own little forest with a crazy jungle nest and it was like why like how is all of this happening and now with a bit of clarity and time um I look back and I'm like that had to happen that had to happen that had to happen just the way it happened to bring me to this moment Thank you. yes Thank you for um, helping me to see that right now. I needed to see that right now. You just gave me goosebumps. (laughs) That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Connect with me offline. Connect with me offline. Please. I love you. (laughs) In the group. She's in the group. Yes, I'm in the group. Hey, you know what? Let, let me rephrase the statement. Does anyone have anything they would like to share at this moment? I just find you very inspirational, and I appreciate you being here. And you gave me a new outlook also on, um, you know, what my daughters, what my angel girlies have been going through, because we really opened up with each other and through meeting and, and therapy and everything. And both of my girls are looking at therapy as well. So. Um, you know, you've really opened my eyes as to how the, the, you know, the lenses that they're viewing recovery in versus just my own. It's hard. It's hard to put yourself in their shoes. I right. trust me. I get it. It's I try and I'm like, I can't even imagine what all I put you through. You know, we got this mama. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. These kids are. Kids are resilient. Kids are so resilient. Uh, given the, the right circumstances, they can evolve naturally. Emily, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it took me a long time to realize that I that no matter what I do, I'm never going to walk my son's path. And when he, when he left home and he was still really mad at me and my book is on forgiveness, what I do is about forgiveness and that's all kind of related to this, but I had to let him go and be angry. Charlie, I'm so sorry. I'm a freak. <laughs> okay. I had to let him go and I had to let him be angry and, um, I had to have faith through all of that, that, um, um, his journey that he had, you know, a foundation for seeing what the potential for recovery and for healing was uh, with me and to learn to integrate that for himself. And that was really, really hard. I don't know that that's how, how you know, how it works for everybody, but um, I had to just sort of remove myself from his story for a little while and let him 
walk his own path. Um, and then he... <laughs> <laughs> A little puppy dog. Crazy. Uh, and he, um, he came back. So, you know, uh, and he's, and he's healing and he's figuring things out for himself. And, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. It was really, really, really hard to do that, to just recognize that even though we're their parents, it's, it's not, not our lives, it's their lives. Mm. And, um, sometimes the choices they make are not the choices we want them to make, but it's not ours to decide. And that's especially hard when they're still at home and they're still in school and, you know, they're processing everything. So I really have a lot of compassion for, for where you're at right now and know exactly what you mean by taking it one day at a time and you'll take a small shift. (laughs) Yes. They have to have their own story too. That's what I have to keep reminding myself. Like, yeah, just like you said, you're going to have to help me through this process, Mama. I appreciate you. I'd love to. <laughs> yes. I, I can share my story anyway. I can Yes. I would love to hear it. Cause my, it, my it, children are in their 30s, and I don't know if it's harder when they're adolescents or harder when they're their own adults. And they can really be brutal. Um, you know, they they went through a lot of, ups and downs with me through my years of being sober and not being sober. And, you know, I I try to understand where they're coming from, but, um, you know, they can really hang on to resentments, you know, when they're older and that's real hard. And, you know, there's, I feel like there's not a whole lot of relationship building going on. Like you're still doing with your daughter um, you know, we've got too much history almost. So it's something where I have to really sit back and just be patient with them. Mm. That's a good perspective. I I couldn't imagine what that would be like. Yeah, it's, it's different. It, it's different. They're both hard, but they're different. So it's just not real quick, work out. Uh, just real quick. So we got Amanda. Today is the fourth. So uh, book of the month is, is Amanda today. Uh, next month uh, is Amy Dresner. And we'll be doing a book of the month. Uh, that'll be November 1st is Amy Dresner will be on. Then Sarah Heppola will be December 6th. Blackout. She's going to be on the author spotlight. And then Emily Hooks is going to be January 10th talking about the power of forgiveness. So just... To give you guys, we have a lineup. We do have a, a lineup, you know, some, some real exciting stuff. So, Amanda, uh, as we close up, I want to touch in on the, the, the connect, on the, on the connect. And I'd like you to just speak a little bit to the people um, that are on the call about each one of these points. This is how God showed me to live my life now. The connect method is my lifestyle. So, the, the first one is completely live in faith. Yeah, so I had to develop a relationship with God and uh, just do this thing they call a faith walk and blindly step each step. I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen, but as long as I got God on my side, then I know it's going to be all right. And I pray, man, if I told y'all how much I prayed every day, y'all probably think I was a freak because I'm like, Lord, I need you right now. I need you right now. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, I I never thought I'd be one of those people because I always made people I always made fun of people that had that was like you know the people that get up on the stage and they're like I just want to thank God and but he I used to make fun of them like man they're just saying that that's a crock a bull like why y'all say that for show but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm there now. I'm one of those people. I'm like, thank you, God, for waking me up mm. today. Yeah. Guilty as charged. I am one of those. Me H- too. H- <laughs> HP, baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's all, you know, anytime somebody, yo, oh, oh, God, amazing episode. HP, baby. Yeah. Don't, you know, I, I, I deflect all the time. As soon as I start drinking the Kool-Aid, I am <laughs> big trouble. I, I avoid drinking the old Kool-Aid. It's good for everybody else. It's poison for me. You know, HP, baby. Thank you, God. I love it. Yes. What's this faith walk? This faith walk, What is that just a term you came up with, or did you learn that? Um, I think I've learned it, uh, learning how to be in a relationship with I, – I call it God. Other people may call it the universe, whatever you may call it, the source, the mm-hmm. – whatever um i learned that faith can also be one of your spiritual gifts and like whenever i packed up my car and i moved down to florida and i didn't have anything lined up i just came with the expectancy that things were going to work out um it's just like okay, this is what I want, and I'm expecting it to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just know it's going to happen, and that's how I live my life. Sometimes it's a little scary, but I just do it anyways. It's worked so far. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So then connection, the next one is, oh, only you need to believe. This one – I didn't have anybody that was like, Amanda, you can do this. You go, girl. I believe in you. Mm -mm. Not one person. Not one person. So I had to become my own cheering squad. I had to cheer myself on. I got in front of my mirror. This is where I call it mirror pep talking. Every single day I'm like, you can do this, girl. You better quit crying. You better suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. Um, also do my affirmations. Sometimes I'm not so hard on myself. I'm like, I am beautiful. I am loved. Like, you know, it just depends on what day it is, but I just learned how to believe in myself because nobody else believed in me. And I, I think that's, I think that's super important because people are cruel, man. That can be cruel. And as long as you are believing yourself and you have confidence in yourself, you can take on them haters. That's right. Damn right. Damn right. I love that. You know, sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. Even if you got a cheerleading squad, Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to be able to give it to yourself. You need to be able to pour the compassion and the love and the empathy into yourself because the more you can pour it into you, then the more you can pour it out for others. You You can't pour from an empty vessel. Exactly. Fill your vessel. Y'all, this is homework. Go in the mirror after this call and say, I'm proud of you. I am so proud of you. It just was like, 
Ah, it just feels so good to say that to yourself. It's hard. It's hard at first, but it feels good. Ah, first time I did that. First time I said I love you in the mirror, I think I broke into tears. Yeah, yeah. It was that was tough. That was tough. I go, man, where is this coming from? God, (laughs) what's happening to me? What's happening to me? All right, new clan time. That's the end. New clan time is go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Mm, you can't, you can't take, basically you can't go hang out with those people that are still at the bar and they're and try to be the sober one or try, you know, hang out with the people smoking dope and be the sober one. You can't like find people that have the same kind of interests that are doing something with their lives that are, they have goals, but they also encourage you along the way. You don't want to hang out with selfish people. I sure don't. Like, I always try to find people we equal sacrifice to each other. We add value to each other. But I may not have $500 to give you, but I can give you my time and I can help you work on this project. You know, and they may have $500 to give me because that's maybe what I need right now, but it's equal sacrifice. And I think that's just it's huge. Who you hang around is huge. It's actually probably one of the biggest contributors to healthy sobriety, happiness, fulfillment. Yeah. You are the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. So choose wisely. They will either pick you up or drag you down. Connection and community is huge. SRC, baby. That's how we yes, roll. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Somebody said it was real edgy when we were doing it at the SRC. They liked it because it's edgy. <laughs> I think it is. We're going to get hats. SRC. SRC yes. hats. Go, Renee. Renee, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I'm just listening. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to jump in there. Okay. Nurture the noggin. <laughs> your noggin is your brain, your mind. Just. Like, I listened to Joel Osteen going to bed. I used to listen to the news and Dateline. I used to love Dateline, but then I'm like, why Why do I feel like hurting somebody all the time? You know, because what you have going in your mind mm-hmm. is what you think about. So I listen to good music. I listen to um, books online, uh, or the audio books, uh, personal development. Like, I'm super, super, super cautious about what goes up in this noggin because what goes in comes out mm-hmm. i love it i love it there is there that, that one you could spend days with nurture the noggin because there's so much and, <laughs> and it's but the most important thing is the most important thing is stay positive yeah you know i somebody the other day i love this i used to feel self-conscious around certain people We'd go out, you know, when you go out with people that you don't like, all right, just because it's either like you ended up somewhere for business or something. And then everyone's talking about that superficial, oh, did you see what was going on in the news? Do you see what's going on in Asia? And then, the, 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 you know, you just see how the dollar dropped over here. You know, interest rates are through the roof. You know, what do you think? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Well, what do you, what do you mean? You don't know. I, I don't have no idea. No idea. What do you, I, I don't watch the news. I don't read newspapers. I don't watch the news. It's poison. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. Uh, you know, it's like I got nothing else to talk about. I'm certainly not going to talk about my marriage that's this fucking unraveling because I'm sleeping with my secretary, you know, or I'm not going to talk about how I'm just on the brinks of, you know, losing my career because I'm drinking like a fish, you know, but I want to talk about interest rates, you know. And so, so what I stick in here and the podcast that I listen to, it's always something that's coming from something that's going to boost me up. Because I need a lot of energy. I need a lot of energy throughout my day. You know, I coach a lot of people. I'm on a lot of calls. I, you know, next to all the coffee I drink, I have to listen to a lot of very positive. The quote of the day, the Tony Robbins podcast, the Share podcast is a magnificent podcast. You know, there's, so there's, I have to, I have to keep it positive so that I don't get, you know, and that's what people loved about Amanda's redneck videos. It was 100% positive all the time. You know, it's like, how could this person be this happy all the time in her yard? <laughs> With cat litter. With cat litter or gallons of water or tires, right? And so, you know, it's so important. Okay, so did anybody want to say anything as I digress there? Okay, I think we're good. So I want to hurry up because it's already eight. Okay, so E, Energize your vessel. Your vessel is your body. You only get one of those your whole life. And I'm like, I have done 17 years of putting poison into my body. So I try to eat good. I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% eat clean eater. But I do try to pay attention to what I put in it. And like I said earlier, I do work out. I hate it. I hate every freaking second of it. I don't mind the sweating part, but I just hate the whole process of working out. It just really gets on my nerves, but I do it anyway because it keeps me sober. I found the recipe and I just do it anyway. So take care of your body, man. We only get one. We get one. That's it. And once it's done, it's done. What's damaged is damaged. We can't, it's not repairable and we don't get another one. Take care of that mm -hmm. sucker. That is truth. That is so true. My dad died of cirrhosis of the liver. Mm. And by the time we found out about it, stage four, doctors are like, just make him comfortable. Oh, man. Because you know, there's, there's, no there's no way to turn this, this one around. There was no way. So take care of the vessel. All right. Continuously make a stranger smile. This is my favorite. I love making people smile at the Wally world, especially uh, just complimenting them or having a conversation or swiping your card for their groceries or something. Because whenever I give other people joy or make their day, because everybody's going through something, you don't know what the person behind you at the store is going through. You just say, hey, girl, I love your shirt. And it catches them off guard because nobody usually does that. And then I found out, like, I think I'm a little bit more happy than I probably even made her because it just makes you feel good to, to genuinely make somebody else smile. Yep. Always, everywhere I go. I love it. I love it. You know, as a matter of fact, it's it's – if you notice, if you smile at a stranger, 
at first they get nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then they get then they give you the awkward smile. <laughs> you know? And then they walk away going, Wow, that was weird. Okay, but that, you know, <laughs> it works. <laughs> okay. One more. Throw out throw out help. Throw out help is everywhere you go, offer to serve. Volunteer somewhere in your community or if you have a a function that you go to, but just serve, do something to help somebody else out. Go over to your neighbor's house and mow their grass. Or if you see an old lady taking groceries to her car, help her. It kind of goes with continuously make a stranger smile. Yeah, just offer to serve. Love it. All right, I'm going to open up the mics for everybody because we're closing up shop. And I want anyone who would like to make to say something, contribute, who would like to share as we close. Go ahead. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. I just ordered your book on Amazon. Oh, thank you. I got to get yours too. Yeah, let's connect. Uh, Omar can connect us. Yes. You guys are already connected. Yes. Oh, yes. We're in the group together. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you all for showing up, coming to the spot, making it happen. Y'all made the sacrifice. Now you're going to be rewarded. That's right. Not just because you were here with me, but just because you made the sacrifice for your own life to do what you got to do. Y'all are amazing. I love what she says that. You know what I love is that every time we do, well, not every time, but occasionally, more than occasionally, Eve always comes up with these brilliant little slogans. The inspirational firecracker. That's, <laughs> that's, that, is, that is you to a T. The SRC is a meeting in your pocket anytime you need it. <laughs> that was Eve. She's a genius. She's a marketing genius. I love it. Uh, <laughs> a meeting right, Amanda, in your pocket. <laughs> a meeting in your pocket. Amanda, thank you again for joining us. Thank y'all so much for having thank me. You. Thank, thank you. you. Good night. I Good love night, you, y'all. Love Let's you. Oh. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Have a good night. HP, baby. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us on the Share Recovery Podcast. To check out the show notes page on this interview or to thank our guests for sharing their story, go to www.thesharepodcast.com. While you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter to stay up to date on the latest news, podcasts, and interviews. Want to be one of our guests and share your story? Then go to our website and click on the Share Your Story button. We share our inspiring recovery stories every Tuesday. So subscribe to our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio to get your free weekly download. We'll see you then. The opinions shared on this show reflect those of the individual speaker and not of any 12-step fellowship as a whole. And though we discuss 12-step recovery and the impact it had in our lives, we do not promote or endorse any 12-step anonymous program.